Hey, this is Aaron from Under Oath. And this is Spencer, and you're listening to Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. All right, you're currently listening to Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. Sound what? Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. You're listening to the sweet sounds of Sound Sessions. Thank you. Hey, what's going on? This is Mike. Hey, this is Brian. And this is Sound Sessions here on WGN Radio. We just got done speaking to, come on, one of the most <laughs> epic bands there ever was. What did you think about that interview with Under Oath there, Brian? Uh, loved them. Didn't expect uh, the phrase wiener shanks to come no, up. No, that's, you know, that was my first time hearing that phrase as well. Right. I was thinking it was a completely different thing, but uh, I'm glad it wasn't as violent as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, these guys were, were fantastic. They have the new album out, Erase Me. It came out on Fearless Records today, which is April 6th, but this will be dropping probably in the next day or two. So, all right. So you can check us out at soundsessionspod at gmail.com. Send us an email. We always love connecting with you. You can follow us on iTunes. Brian, where can they find you? Uh, uh, they can find me at Lava Lamp with an H in front of the L. That's my <laughs> handle for everything. I like they could just find you in a lava lamp. You know how that, did I ever tell you how that came about? No, tell me. That was my best friend's dad drunkenly said, is, you know, Lava Lamp, whatever his name is. <laughs> is he coming over yet? And uh, that That's, was about 20 years ago and it stuck. The one way to really solidify a nickname is is through a drunk dad. Yep, I feel like definitely. that's the way. All right, well, without further ado, here is our interview with the amazing band under us for, for the most part it's such a dope ass city it is the yeah. winter is pain yeah. it hurts not you go out you go you step out of one of these buildings down here in january mm-hmm. and it's like getting cut in half <laughs> like yeah. And then add snow on top. Of it. The, oh, the the snow is it's a different kind of cold because I used to live in Utah and That's they were I like, Are you live in Utah? Yeah, Salt Lake City, yeah. Oh no way! Yeah. So yeah. The, it's the most beautiful snow on earth, or what? It's not that on cold. Not that cold. No. They don't, and they're like, oh, it's, Chicago's it's a, a different level. It's thirty of cold, degrees though. warmer today. Yeah. Salt Lake is like in the sixties today. I lived in Brooklyn oh, for man. three years and it was pretty cold, but not like this. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's that lake. It's the lake, man. Yeah. That's, is, what, yeah. that's what cuts you guys open is all that yep. shit blows off the lake and you end up just getting annihilated. And like <laughs> it just keeps everything colder. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's your it's your cube of ice. Yeah. I've never walked around somewhere and had my like nostrils freeze together and been <laughs> able to breathe. Oh yeah. And that's absolutely that Chicago. Here, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. Well let's just like roll right into it. Um yeah. All right. Thanks again for, for coming out here, by the way, guys. This, yeah, is, this is absolutely awesome. Hey, what's going on? This is Michael with Sound Sessions here on WGN Radio in Chicago. I'm here with my good friend, Brian. Brian, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Good. I'm doing really good today. We have two of our, our favorite band members uh, here. They just released a brand new album. We have Spencer Chamberlain and Aaron Gillespie from... The band Under Oath. What's going on, guys? Chilling, literally, out, in Chicago. Chilling. It's cold in Chicago. <laughs> we were just talking about how cold it is <laughs> here in the city. Uh, how does it feel to be back in the Midwest, back in the chilly atmosphere of Chicago? What do we have going on today, guys? Uh, we uh, we love Chicago, number mm-hmm. one. It's some of our best shows ever in Chicago. But tonight we're actually doing 
kind of a secret like pop-up type thing in the subterranean which would have been the subterranean <laughs> that's what that line was yeah 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 so, i drove past there and i was like so yeah we released like we 190 or 200 tickets to the public but you had to like I don't really understand how you were able to get the tickets. Uh, like the rest are all radio folks. Okay. Like, so the upstairs is dedicated to radio folks, and downstairs is the general public. But I don't really know how they at- obtained said tickets. Huh. So for us to talk about, it was it would supposed be to just be a radio showcase. There wasn't supposed to be any sort of uh, general public. But I think we changed that because that's just who we are. Yeah, we can't we can't do it, man. It's like our band is such like a. A live like vibe of of the fans and us like we really feed off of each other. I think they feed off us and we feed off them. So to just play to a bunch of radio people, no offense, guys. Uh, it, <laughs> no it's, offense, it's kind of tough. Some of us I mean, suck. I don't mean, yeah. I'm like, We're DJs. I, I'm not going to be hell? up there in the mm-hmm. you know in in the crowd either singing along. No matter how much I love the band, so I you know. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Like we we've never done anything with radio before, so we're we're really uh, lucky to have the opportunity this late in our career to do stuff like this. And we just had to change it a little bit. Becky, like, yeah, we need some of our kids in there. Absolutely, and I'm sure if your fans saw that you were coming through Chicago, they would have been like, "What the hell, guys? You, yeah. you didn't tell us about that you were coming to the, no, coming I mean, the city." We would. I mean, we'll, we'd be at the we'll, Riviera. We something. will do a yeah. real show here on mm-hmm. this record cycle, of course. Yes, you know, but. This like more than one, more than one, yeah. But like he said, this was like a radio showcase, and I don't think that we're able to put our best foot forward with people that are important in that department without having our fans there. We're just not good at like they're part of the team, you know. We're not good at showcasing. Yeah, it's just not what we we excel in. We're obviously not the band that like wears really nice clothes and stands around and you know, you know. Plays their little instruments. We're more of a band that's like it's going to be sweaty and it's going to be gnarly, right. and that's kind of weird to do for a it bunch. Feels of people better that, that way, like, yeah. you know. Just eating and drinking cocktails, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not all fancy like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's and that's great. You guys should come anyway. Cool. Yeah. I'm why down. I will be there. Yeah, have you been in the subterranean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 150 years ago. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's if about I have. the size of a have closet. We? I, I've definitely played there before, like solo, and I think Under Oath played there. It's been there for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. 99% sure we played there like in 2004. Um, I might have done it with my solo stuff too, but I can't remember. It's the size of like yeah. like your hotel room. Yeah. Cool. Which is I'm fun. That. That'll be Makes fun. It'll be disgusting. It'll be great. It'll be exactly what we want it to be. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. It's one of the historic venues. There's a lot of venues that have been shutting down in Chicago, so it's one of the last great mainstays here in the city. Yeah. We just had the Double Door shut down. Really? And Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure that you guys have- Wait, no. That was the- Double oh, Door's yeah. right around the corner from Subterranean. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There yeah. was a new back booth, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. No, they, there, was the back booth in Orlando. You're thinking about what am I thinking about? It's, um, it's under the train tracks. It's like under a the train cap. tracks, it's like a 500 cap room, it's small new. stage. It didn't. It's new, but they moved it. The original one's gone. Yeah. What's some? What are some mid cap venues? Help us out. Come on, you're from Chicago. Um, is it the double door? The double door. Yeah, that's the one that no. it, it, it was one. under the train. Is it like under a the blue one? line? No. Bottom Lounge. Bottom oh, Lounge. Oh, yeah, and they and they switched venues. Yes. Yeah. but that's a nice venue. Yeah, it is From a nice like venue. A mid, uh, you know, like a small. Oh, no, it's a shit. It was a shithole. It, yeah, it's, it's a oh, sweaty shithole. You're, you're thinking, you're yeah. thinking of the old venue. It was they, under the train. It was under but the train. Moved. There was a giant pole in the middle of yes. the audience that people would bump their heads on <laughs> yes. all the time. Yes. It's got a nice PA and a nice stage and mm-hmm. a restaurant in the front. Mm-hmm. The new yeah. building. Yes. Though. Yeah, it's awesome. I haven't what's, been to the new one. Though. What's some other great Chicago venues? The Metro, Shuba's Metro, Shuba's Lincoln Hall's great spot too. Really intimate venues. The last couple shows we've done have been the Riviera, the Riviera, or the Aragon. 
Aragon. Okay, so the bigger the Aragon looks Aragon's like. huge. It looks like a Disney like, <laughs> like a sh- like somewhere you would go see like Lawrence of Arabia. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. It. They have like that kind of style there. Like, it's awesome. It, yeah, the stars and the sabers up. Yeah, on the it's yeah. it's like an old ballroom. Yeah. Like that's the last be... few shows we've played have been at one of those. You know. Okay. I love the Riv. The Riv is really old and neat too. How like it is. how the dressing rooms are like in the basement, and there's like all the old handles from the show days with the pulley system. You know, like <laughs> yes, that, that shit's cool. What do you guys prefer playing at, bigger or smaller? To like me, sweaty shithole or I, giant? I like auditorium. It, it, a little bit bigger. It, it, to me, it's really important. As long as the PA can handle it, we're a band that has a keyboard player, and you know, you're getting that to equalize with a vocal and drums and guitars and now with the new record we have like three more keyboards on stage it's like without a good pa i feel like people are wasting their money mm-hmm. like no matter how cool or fun it is it's like it's only fun for the people in the front you know like right. what about the people yeah. that want to hear it mm-hmm. so to me as long as the pa can handle it yes yeah, small sweaty shows are fun but big shows are fun too it just depends it's a t- it's a twofold thing look i mean the fans love they'll they'll think tonight is the best show they've ever seen you know what i mean because they're up close and we'll think it's just a sweaty mess because it is but you know we feel like we're putting on the best show and we're in a five thousand cap room and there's massive led screens and all of the shit we want but sorry i don't know if i can say that but oh no it's um, a podcast but uh oh good so like all of that stuff you know like we think that's great but the fans they think it's great too but they would rather touch spencer yes you know what i mean like that's the reality is like Mm -hmm. it's a twofold thing they're going to hear better and get better visuals from seeing us at the aragon but they're going to talk more about the subterranean yeah so i and being in a band where you're you do both is a great thing you know the foo fighters like last year played it like the roxy in la yeah like that stuff is is, i think that's cool that's that's what i mean though that stuff that's what we're doing right now you know Mm -hmm. that stuff is such an important part of this market now you know, but you do, you can't do it all the time because, like you were saying, if we announced that this was a show, our Chicago show, so many people would be mad. Well, you, then you piss off three thousand people and you got a problem. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 like it's unfair. Like you're going to come through and do a punk rock thing because you want to. It's kind of tough. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think it's great when you do it like like the way he said the Foo Fighters do it. Like they make it a, a thing and make a statement with it, but they're also going to come back and play, and play the Staples Center. Yeah, and, and let right. everyone yeah. see it. Yeah. But those are those are fun to do. If you can get away with doing both, that's that's the best. Yeah. Well, you're speaking of that. You mentioned how the Foo Fighters did play the smaller venues. We had them come here play the Metro, uh, which is our small yeah, venue. Yeah, it's it's awesome. We were just talking about the Metro. It's like I love the Metro. 900 cap room. Yeah. I saw, the Metro is one of the uh, greatest rooms in Chicago. It is. It I is. went and saw, one day we, were on, we had an off day on tour. I went and saw that band Mew. They're like a band from Denmark. Okay, okay. I went and saw them there. And you sat in that little Mew. Mew. M-E-W. M-E-W. They put out a record about 10 years ago called Fringers. And the one after that's that, inc- glass-handed kites. It's incredible. Ooh, that's nice. really cool. Yeah, glass-handed yeah. kites. Okay, that's the other. Yeah. yeah. And you saw them there, and then that's a spot where you can flu. go in. Oh, it, it was, I was like, we had an off day on tour, and I had the flu, and I had gotten these tickets, and I'd never seen them because they're not, you know, from America, or, and we're always on tour. I was so sick, and I went anyway by myself. No one else with the band went with me. I went by myself, and after the first song, I swear on my life, it, like, got the flu out. Like, I just, I was so... Like just whoa, this is so great! And then all of a sudden, I left. I was like, I feel fine. The, mu- the music <laughs> like, like truly like healed cleans- you. Like, yeah, dude, yeah. It's like that's it's so hippie, me, bro. <laughs> but I'm, I'm dead serious. I woke up the next day, was fine. I played a show. 
I don't know. Damn. I've seen That's, some amazing shows at, the at magic the Metro, Metro. too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite that Alkaline you've seen? Trio. Oh, uh, come yeah. on. They've played there. That, those, the, they have, I think they need to play three nights every time they come through. Or because more. I've seen four. I've seen four advertised there before. And it would be probably more now because you, you don't have Skiba anymore as mm-hmm. much as you would want him around because he's right. doing Blink, obviously. So yeah. I, I, I've seen now when they've played, it's sold out in like 10 minutes because he, you know. They're a Chicago man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I would say that, that they're the Chicago band, at yeah. least in like the punk rock scene. I mean, we have the Smashing Pumpkins. and yeah. um, it was Also, I've seen Flyers have done multiple nights of the... At oh, the, yeah. 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 When we first started Metro. like touring for real, we played the Metro on some tour, and I can't remember who it was, but I remember being like down in that room where they do merch and, and thinking that the Metro was like the biggest venue in Chicago. Like yeah. I was convinced. It, that, it could have been, you know... Yeah, it was the fucking Aragon to me. It was the biggest room in Chicago because I saw all those posters down there. You know, it was like Alkaline Trio three nights, and right? Then like, yeah, like Smashing I was, pump, this yeah. Ba- I was like, this yeah. is it. The names so we, you walk by, like, you're like, whoa, yeah. like, we made it. Mm-hmm. We made it. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I have a friend who he's in a band. It's a band called I Fight Dragons. It's like a chip tune kind of rock band, and he, he played the Metro. Got the date tattooed on his arm. It's a big it deal. So yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Do you guys have any, any of those venues that you 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 played final? that she and you felt I've made it it's, this is it's this funny is it. because in our hometown there's a lot of them there's a lot of them but in our hometown specifically there's a venue called the State Theater and how many people does it hold seven to eight hundred seven eight maybe. we rehearse there now St- oh yeah <laughs> I remember when we were kids when we were kids if you got one show there it was insane and and what it, I, a few months ago we were rehearsing for something and one of the guys in the band and our band posted a thing and it was a picture of like Spencer and I at at the state theater rehearsed we rehearsed there and our gear doesn't fit on the stage mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so it's like wow. it's like that to me is like more important than even playing the rooms because we now we literally just rent it that's where we practice so the idea of playing a show there when we were kids was like that was the yeah. staple center you know what I mean like right. that was the place it's like a whole it always changes level. I feel like you know that's part of feeling inspired to keep you know like you're always striving for sure, more yeah, like as a human thing. being I feel like we're all like that so like after you know that we would look at uh, the next venue up and be like, oh man, like you know, you as you got a little bit older and you met people, maybe some like of our peers or people we looked up to are playing other venues and we go or see it and like, cause, you know, we're music fans too. Like we go to shows all the time. Mm-hmm. Just because we're in a band doesn't mean we're not participating all the time. Like I, we spend a lot of time going to other people's shows and you just see like. Uh, a band you look up to on a bigger stage in a bigger room and seeing, hearing everyone sing along and like you're there having a good time like dude that, I want to do that mm-hmm. and then when you do it it's like and then there's the next room and you're like oh wow you know like so are, yeah. are there any at that this time that are like that for you there are some things that we can't talk about yet, like like Wembley or something. Oh, Wembley yeah. would be huge. Yeah. I, I don't. Think I, mean, I think I think that I mean the next logical step if you're looking at room sizes is is arenas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in like the the biggest theaters now. Other than you know some of them are huge, but I think the next logical step is like the five thousand cap ceiling, mm-hmm. um, which it looks like we may get to do some of that um, this next year or so. So awesome. we'll see. I don't know. I mean. But like he said, that's the stuff you strive for. 
You know, when you start a band, it's like, we just want to practice. Yeah. We just want to play one show. We just want to play one show at this shitty club. We just want to play one show at the state theater. We just want to sell this many records. We just want to sell that. You know, it grows and grows and grows and grows. So you look around and you realize you've gotten everything you ever wanted and you're still like... Striving. Because I, I don't think it's about next? greed. It's huh. not, no, no. It's I mean, that's just... Been it's, about... That's what keeps your appetite <clears throat> wet, right? I mean, that's what makes you... That's it's, what keeps you going. It's not a status or money or any sort of thing like that. It's about... I mean, just the, the when you're on that stage and you feel the connection, and more and more people like, as it's getting bigger, I'm always viewing it as like, dude, I just want if I could see all everyone in the world connect to the music, like mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if it wasn't my band, that would make me happy. Mm -hmm. So when I can be a part, a small part of that, you know, in a, in a way smaller scale, depending on or what you're looking at, a larger scale if you're a smaller mm -hmm. band than us, yeah, like it's such a beautiful thing. So you're just like, I just want everyone to feel this so you're you're always striving for more and more like the more people you're just like this is incredible mm -hmm. not because it's like a bigger paycheck or you might be more famous now or have more followers online like that's all bullshit it's a me. different type of connection too yeah because yeah. it is flattering when someone buys a record like you know to look to open iTunes this morning and see it chart mm -hmm. is really important you know like that's to, to, for your local band that you started when you were 17 to to be in the top 10 on iTunes and number one on a ton of different charts, it's a huge freaking deal, right? And it's humbling and scary, but to me, what's even more humbling is that there's people in line in this shit-ass weather at the subterranean. Yeah. And that's a different connection. That's a different connection because they grab that record and they study it mm -hmm. and it becomes part of them and it becomes part of their lives. And to see that grow into something live where you have to get into a bigger space and then a bigger space and then a bigger space because more and more people are giving that connection in a live format. It's a different connection. Yeah, and to me, that's the most important connection. They're like, you know? they're, they're feeling like we feel. Because me and him writing all the lyrics, <clears throat> it's like we've never written a story. Mm -hmm. In our entire Unearthed career, we've never written about something that did not personally happen. So when you're like, all right, this is kind of stuff I don't necessarily want to talk about, but I'll sing about it. And the more and more people you hear singing back at you and like it keeps going, you're just like, wow, I'm doing something positive because those lyrics are connecting. Like that hurt that we wrote about is 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 connecting yeah. to humans. Mm -hmm. And you see all these humans that don't know each other in one space connecting to the same line or the same song or the same album even. Like just, you know, that's where it all everything's okay at that point because that's why we're all here you know yeah. i'm sure you guys are fans just like we are of music at one point there was a record or a song or a band's entire discography that just spoke to you and you're like that's that's everything that's what i want and if i could like figure out a way to put that in a bottle and sell it that feeling that i get when i would hear like nirvana as a kid like that made me feel okay and let my friend drink it because he's not feeling it i would have done that but there was no other way to do that. You can't tell someone how to feel, but you can try by just writing music, was, was what we did. So the only way to try to have people feel what you're feeling is just to be 100% honest. Yeah. And when you see that grow and grow and grow, that's that's all that matters. It's not about anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, might I add... Is you guys are the most eloquent talkers of about just music in general that I've ever heard. Have you guys ever thought about just having a show of your own? Because it's we just should. great to hear you speak about we're, music this way. Funny we a little side th hustle. Thank you, but the <laughs> truth is, we're just students of music. Okay, the two, him and I in particular, like I have a thousand vinyl in my living room. Like we're just we just 
collect music artifacts and our whole lives are, I mean, we'll spend a whole day talking about Mick Jagger. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. more than the rest of the band, and they love music too, don't get me wrong, but more than the rest of the band, we are students of this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Keith Richards' book came out. Did you get it? Right. Did yeah. you get it? Yeah, like, yeah. we, that's what, that's what we. Or I got it, I finished with it, here you want it. Yeah, sure. We live that shit. So, wow. this is the stuff that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, and when music changes your life, you're going to make that your gospel, right? Like, you're going to tell people. I'm mm -hmm. sure you both have found a piece of music that you listen to or a band where you felt like it was written for you. You know what I mean? Where you're like, right. oh, yes. this is about me. Even if it's something stupid. Well, that's the connection. Like in high school, if it's like about a girl or something like that or whatever. Yeah, but you know, everybody ooh. has one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that whole that's that's the goal, though. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're saying. Like with when you're asking these questions, that's, that's the goal. That's, yeah. you know, for me, and I remember in high school, it was a lot of time and tribulations and pining over girls and putting on that that yep. uh that opening uh that first album by bayside i remember that was like that was oh, my yeah. album Dude, what, what, what about you what about you brian what was uh, yours tom petty tom petty yep yours is, yours is fucking cool awesome. yeah oh, man my yeah. dad was playing in the car and i was like oh yeah it's my dad's music and i was like oh, this is, <laughs> this, is, this, is this is really good actually and then it keeps getting better and better and then you like sit down with that album and when you're, and you're 25 like, it's like really yeah good. you're like there's mm -hmm. there's not a bad mm -hmm. song on this right like, front yeah. and back. Torpedoes is perfect yeah what's uh what's a artist or genre that your fans would be surprised that you guys absolutely adore I mean, I don't think it. Well, I, mean, you know, I love like alt country music, so like Ryan Adams, and that's like my okay. favorite yeah. stuff. Cool. Ryan Adams is like secretly a metalhead, you know? Oh, secretly, yeah. not not wears, secretly. He I mean, like, he loves it. Yeah, fucking Slayer shirts on stage and right. stuff. Right, as he's singing these like sweet, depressing yeah, songs. Yeah, that's that's yeah. my style of music that I, people might be surprised that I'm into. But. We okay. don't listen to a whole lot of like quote unquote heavy, heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, even when we were writing our heaviest stuff, maybe because we're around it all the time. I don't know, I think maybe at one point in time it's kind of what steers us in that direction to have a band like this, but we, I don't know, we never really were like massive fans of for it. Him and it's, for him and I, it's always been pop, like rock. pop and classic rock. I classic could see rock that. Is, classic rock was everything. I mean, I mean, when my dad and, you know, his, we have very similar stories. Like we weren't allowed to pick our own music when we were kids. A lot of us aren't. And it was like, my dad probably saw at a young age how interested I was in music. I got my first guitar when I was in like first grade. I'd take like jazz bass and all sorts of shit when I was super little. And he was like, you have to know these records before you can go off on your own. And it was almost oh. the Beatles and then Led Zeppelin and the Stones and Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix and the Doors, like all the, the classic, the elements of like what good music was to my father, which was mm -hmm. rock and roll. Right. And that's still the stuff that I go back to. The first band I got into after that, was uh, being the youngest of of, of four, I'm like the the baby, was Nirvana pre uh, um, when all you know he, before he died and everything. I remember getting Nevermind when it was before In Utero came out and getting In Utero when it came out like on tape or CD or whatever. Like that was my my reason to. I was like, oh, I can I can play guitar and sing. That's what I want to do because seeing just Kirk Cobain, right. so, yeah. which is yeah. so hard to do when you first. It's permission, try it. yeah. though, right? Yeah. It's permission at that level. Like my father, uh, I grew up in a super conservative Christian home, mm -hmm. um, and my dad got drunk every Friday. That was like when he allowed himself to be a normal human. So he would get hammered on Friday on Coors Heavy, and he had like these five hundred records in our spare bedroom, and it was all of that stuff, you know, like. And I remember being six or seven years old and him putting a pair of headphones on my head and it was pet sounds. Yes. And I oh. felt like I was inside of like I don't I can't even explain it still. And that's what got me into music. 
Like I remember the moment. Like I remember. Yeah. And and my dad was just very much the same way. I wasn't allowed to go buy CDs when I was like eleven, mm-hmm. you know, ten. Yeah. Uh, and the first one that I actually did get was Nevermind. You know. Mm. Yep. So. So, but but before that, I wasn't allowed to go buy music, so I could listen to those records. He had shown me how like load a record. It was one of those old '70s things where you pull the tone arm over and it yes. automatically goes down, and yep. the whole thing. Yeah. And the only things I was allowed to listen to was the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And um, you know, my dad my dad listened to some yacht rock. That's the only difference. My dad was super into like Steely Dan and you know hollow notes and <laughs> yeah. that stuff too okay. which is i think is badass have you ever checked out the yacht rock youtube series yeah it's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah led so zeppelin good. was okay i want to be a musician mm-hmm. and then moving into my own when i like started getting music my own like nirvana was like vocals and guitar because like i always i loved led zeppelin vocally and lyrically but i, I was like but i wanted to be a player mm-hmm. you know and then when i saw that and it sounds so stupid but i was that's how young i was like i didn't couldn't put two and two so together funny. that someone could do the same thing at the same time. Yeah. Because I, I saw Led Zeppelin stuff. We had the song remains the same on VHS, and, and I had seen different clips and pictures, and obviously you're opening up layouts, and it was always a front man, even though I'm a front man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for my band. But like it, it, it didn't really make sense to start doing vocals until I got and like saw Kurt Cobain do what he was doing. I was like... There it is. Huh. That's when we were in fifth or sixth grade, too, like when Smells Like Teen Spirit, that video came out, you know, in the gym and the whole thing, that was like permission. Because when I would listen to Zeppelin and the Beach Boys and the Beatles, like, mm-hmm. that was like the symphony to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was not attainable. Like, right. for me. Like, in my mind. Like, I was like, this is the best thing there is that exists. This is like the only truth that matters. But <clears throat> I'll never be this. I'll never be good enough. And then it, what Nirvana was for all of us was really permission it was permission to be like you can be off key and sweaty and disgusting and fucking rule like it was just all emotion that's what i mean and it was emotional so much that it became the biggest record of the year yeah that year that nasty punk rock record never mind is not commercial and we we consider it commercial now because of the success that it had but it wasn't Mm mm-hmm it was like, I mean, imagine if Converge got huge. That's literally what it, what it, right. that's what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Nirvana was permission for all of us, like in that beginning middle but school. When, when you go back and listen to Nevermind, though, it's still, you could tell Lennon was his favorite because the, the structure is there. And that's why, like, mm-hmm. when people rag on us about the new record having so much structure, it's like, that's what we always wanted. Mm-hmm. Me and Aaron have been fighting that battle since day one with some of the other guys who didn't grow up on any of the stuff that we grew up on. Some of the guys in our band think Led Zeppelin sucks. And Nirvana's stupid, like because they didn't grow up on it. They they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't like we were like at all. And so it, it it was always a constant battle for us to be like, no matter how heavy or emotional or like like wild it is. Like to me as a listener, I I, I liked a song to have organization. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense, that's mm-hmm. why I don't think having structure to your song is selling out or being commercial. Even though sometimes it's what's considered, but it's like. That's what a song is to me. Yeah. Since I was born, its songs have had reoccurring parts until Under Oath. <laughs> we're zero. I mean, we're zero, and, and how do you get back there? I mean, I think that's the thing. Is like, you know, we like we like certain songs because of the way it makes us feel, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit self-aggrandizing to only let your listener feel something one time. That's the structured conversation that I have, and that's why Nevermind was so good because you had 
the feeling of angst and the feeling of like this is punk as shit in a Beatles song. but the and a Beatles song yeah right. and that's what gave us permission right slow it down and yeah. then listen to them yeah completely I mean, different and then you hear all of that yeah like right. like the Nirvana unplugged the MTV unplugged thing is like oh I saw that on. live on television when it so happened. did I. I that's mean, huge. That could that have was, been that was life changing. That could have been yeah. the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. Though, but think about because you had all those songs slowed down. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You had all of that with oh, Dave that was... singing full harmonies. He did on the records. Dave some... Pat oh. Schmier was there, yeah. singing at that point as well, playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was one of that's. Dude, like... I miss the MTV Unplugged more than anything. Why don't I they hate, have it anymore? I hate. There's acoustic... some. No, there's some form of it now. Well, I some the, the VH1 storytellers. I think uh, was yeah, the yeah. most recent like incarnation of it. Okay, but, I've but never yeah. liked acoustic performances, like hearing them on the radio. Or we get asked to do them. All, we're getting asked to do them all the time now. Like I don't yeah. really like them, but like something about MTV Unplugged, like because it sounded good and it was mixed and there was drums and there was bass and there's everything about it. it was like do the Alice in Chains one, the Pearl Jam one, mm-hmm. the Nirvana one, the Stone Temple Pilots one. Do those? I mean, that's all the stuff that I loved, like '90s grunge. God, Lane Staley looked like shit on that one. But he could sing better than so Christina Aguilera. Insane. You know what I mean? Like he has right. that control, or he had that control, like that. I mean, those fucking. MTV Unplugs were so cool. Mm-hmm. I remember when Dashboard Confessional got to do one, and we kind of grew up with Chris Caraba, and I remember just being chartreuse with envy because <laughs> I knew that Under Oath would never be a candidate for that, <laughs> ever, especially at that time. You what know? that time? We weren't popular either at that time. This was, you know, like 03, um, and he got to do it, and I saw it live, and I was like, fuck, man. He got to do MTV. But I think it's different now because I think... If it was a thing, bands would ruin it. Like with laptops and, and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, like those. They'd have stipulations. They had, like, they had cello players and yeah. violinists playing with like Nirvana. Like it was like to create that sadness and that, that somberness. That oh, the was, way he was looked in that. Like, just really that whole thing was like. Do you remember Soy Bomb? The the guy who I, I can't remember who was playing, but there was one person from the audience who jumped on stage with, Dylan. with soy. Was it with Dylan? I think so. Yeah. And he had soy bomb written across his chest, soy and bomb. it was it was just a protest thing about um, veganism. I think. Wow. Uh, don't Bob uh, listen. Dylan? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like at MTV Movie Awards, and Bob Dylan was some. It something. was an unplugged studio thing, and he just was dancing That's around. So cool. And just how raw <laughs> that show was made oh. it really cool. And you're because you're talking about how stripped down the sound was. It was a very new thing. I remember one of the first stories about Unplugged was they had Squeeze going oh, on yeah. playing plugged, and they brought their electric instruments, and they go, they go, okay, we're already plug in. And they're like, this show was called unplugged you can't play your electric instruments and they're like oh so they needed to go out and get whole new instruments and acoustic instruments to Dude, bring you to the show you know which one is fucking wild is the jay-z one have you watched that one no you should go home and watch that tonight that one is one. incredible because huh. there's it's jay-z and jay-z doing what jay-z does mm-hmm. with zero dj what do they use like it's live a, drum drummer. it's a band Band. Nice. Guitar player, acoustic guitar player, bass player, Whoa. drummer. There is one. Have you ever seen the uh, T Pain uh, Tiny Desk concert? No. no. So you know how T Pain has that <laughs> auto tune? Yeah, yeah, like they have auto tune named after T Pain. He has like an angelic gospel voice. It's amazing. Really? Really? Yeah. Look it up. Look up Tiny Desk T Pain. That makes it worse now. Jaw dropping. Now I just want to tell T Pain if you ever listen to this, just sing, dog. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. So he, he just man, did a little tour your voice. on it. If, you're, if you so can sing good. good too, man, mm-hmm. like just sing. Yeah, and everybody like in the, the office is just like, face. Mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. my jam. Da- not my jam. Mm-hmm. I cannot vibe on that digital. There's certain things about it I like. Ugh, I liked Imogen Heap and 
Oh, she and, does it right. And all, some of that yes. stuff is yeah, so that's like artful. An art. It's like it's like so no Kanye eight oh eight and some heartbreaks when oh, he busted yeah. out like that. I can't I, deny I can Kanye of anything on. ever. I think Kanye's got some good stuff. I, I like Kanye's with Rick right now. Did you guys see that? Yeah, Ruben. Yeah. yeah. It'll, really? it'll probably yeah. be a masterpiece. I mean, whatever probably. Rick touches. I mean, is... I think there's a lot of stuff about the, the last Kanye records. I love, but good. not. The, oh my! God. It is not really the good. Auto tune parts, man. I not, no, I, I I get it. Like Don't feel in it. Hip hop, huh? hip hop is is a hard topic for me because there's so much of it that I think is like the most mind bendingly creative thing there is and there's some of it that I just don't understand the, yeah. the, like the really massive stuff that's out in the, in, in the world today I can't I don't radio understand hip-hop. radio hip hop you're, you're not digging Molly Percocet <clears throat> no, I, I can't yeah. and I can't understand no. any of that stuff yeah. like Jay, you can look at Jay Z's last record and be like that was know, great this dude's a fucking 444 genius 444 is awesome yeah you know what I mean yeah. like this guy's a genius this is this is literally spoken word that matters mm-hmm. you know what I mean run like, the jewels is great run the jewels yeah. so fantastic. good fantastic but there's yeah. some there's stuff so much, but there's so much musicality to it like yeah. listen to the run the jewels record run the jewels 3 and like I mean if you deleted the vocals you could have like Tom York sing over it and it would still be bad they actually do right? that you know what I mean like way. it's crazy and you just look at you their you can find the run the jewels too. docs yeah. I mean the run the jewels tracks with no vocals they exist you can find them or cats you see that yeah Dude, yeah, I mean, cats. Yeah, they they redid one of their albums with just cats on yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Those dudes. That's the kind of stuff that makes me happy. Man. They're awesome. There but, are, I mean, there are electronic things that are that's beautiful. I mean, like he said, Radiohead or Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Lord's. Great. I know Lord's yeah. last record wasn't as successful as I the loved first it. one, I thought but it was I the best loved one. Loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I that green light song. I saw that performance on Saturday Night Live and it blew me away. Yes, that Saturday Night Live performance blew me away. She was one that did that. I saw her at Lollapalooza when she first came out, and I was kind of skeptical going into it, and just grabbed you. Right, the whole yeah. show. You're just like this 17 year old girl. She just believes blowing it, my mind. Oh yeah, she I think that's the, I think that's what we're really talking about now. Mm-hmm. Is is what is the formula for music to make it important? Like. And I don't mean like media important, but just important to people. And I, I think that's just intention, right? Mm-hmm. It can be hip hop. It can be we're talking. We just talked about eight different genres technically, and they all have one thing in common, and that's intention. You know what I mean? I think that's really it. Mm-hmm. You go see a hardcore band, and you go see Jay Z, and you're really feeling a lot of the same thing. If they're both genuine, right. you know what I mean? You're yeah. getting that same thing. Jay Z yeah. might be at, at Barclays, and the hardcore band might be the Subterranean, but there's still a vein of of musicality that they both share. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's I really feel what that. we're talking about, I think. It, it's it's hard to to shine through that that genuineness or sincerity with with music nowadays. Um especially with social media being such a, a huge presence, how do you connect that genuineness with your audience now, I suppose? It's a uh, it, it's I don't it's, know. It's I an interesting it's, thing. I think it's really tough. I think for us, we're, we're so behind on the social media game because we tried to rebel against it because we are fans of people like Trent Reznor and Maynard and yeah. the whole like mystery in rock and roll. That turns me on. Like I'm so, I remember as a kid, like never seeing what Tool looked like mm-hmm. and then, unless you went and saw it live. Like that was so fucking cool, man. Like right. that's right. Like Trent Reznor is so like mysterious and I never knew what to expect and like, is he still going to be alive like next year? Like I, you know, like as a kid, just like oh, I never know what's going to happen. And with social media, it's totally different, and you have to embrace it, which we have now. But we waited really a long time, that, and it kind of it's sad that it bites us in the ass now because we're a band that can sell a lot of tickets, not tooting our own horn, compared to bands in our genre, and we were getting shit on with 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 when we're trying to take out bands on tour because they're like, yeah, but our 
Spotify numbers and our oh. Instagram numbers are are mm. are millions past yours, and that's a that's a valid argument for the industry people now. They're looking at those. It doesn't numbers matter that we have it, platinum and gold records on the wall. It, it doesn't does, matter to them. It doesn't. It's it's all about. And we hadn't put out a record until today or yeah. whenever this airs a couple of days ago. Um, that even when Spotify was even a thing until now. So we're we're fighting this battle where we're like, we sell so many more tickets, but. Your band has a million followers on Instagram and can't sell 200 tickets. And there's actually an argument here on whether you'll support our band because you think you're worth more. And, and, and we're just trying to make a great tour for mm-hmm. our fans. And it's like it's like a nightmare with social media now. It's like, are those numbers real? Why do numbers matter? It should be ticket sales that matter, but it doesn't right we, now. We it's over, confusing. We got over-romanticized about rock and roll. Like you heard, mm-hmm. you heard us talking about it and how I talked about, you know, on... Nirvana MTV Unplugged like yeah. when I saw him that was half the battle for me yeah. that was half of the show when I saw the way he looked in that fucking sweater you know like I remember that I'm yeah. 35 years old dude like I remember that you know I remember I remember seeing Tool mm-hmm. and when Maynard came out with some fucking blue paint blue up. shit all over him I was like like it was it's yeah. and we have romanticized with that thing for so long that we want to walk out on stage and be like this is what we look like this is who we are well God, watch how crazy it's gonna be yeah and that doesn't matter now like everything it's no the, they want to like it's like the dave eggers book the circle and, oh yeah you know yeah. everyone has to be you know it, accountable it, in some way yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't because you know you're saying that but you know, I'm sure there's people out in the crowd that feel the same way. I'm sure. You know, yeah. of course. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm obviously yeah. general, like massively, grotesquely generalized. Right. Right. Yeah. But the but majority I, are looking at the, the spins and you know how many yeah. followers. But it's are, weird. Yeah. Like, and he's right. There's bands out there that can sell. They can't sell out the subterranean with six week lead. Mm-hmm. That the singer has a million followers. a million followers on Instagram because exactly. he's attractive. You or know? you're seeing a lot of those bands come through too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't even know if what it is. It's just a lot of people play that game, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong or right. It's like if that's what you're into is taking pictures and keeping your fans up to date. I, I've seen it now. In hindsight, I look back as like, oh man, like we made a mistake because we thought we were too cool for it. Mm-hmm. Like we thought it was cooler if we left them wanting more. Mm-hmm. And now, just with the way the world is is going, and you can't fight change. Right. You know, it, it change happens every day. And I feel like we look at it now and go, yeah, man, like maybe we should communicate more and try to update people more because that's but what they want. how do you want. do it with class? I think that's the real question. Well, like we were talking about Ryan Adams before. He always puts stuff up of Paxan, but it's, you know, of his cat on the board or something like that. Yeah. Like a snippet. You know, you can have fun with it in a way. Sure. Do you guys find yourself... Having fun with having it, having fun you know? with like, Instagram, no, 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 not at all. No, <laughs> reluctantly. Like, you want to know the truth? <laughs> I'm getting yelled at for not posting enough, and I'm trying I, to. The truth, I wish it didn't exist. Oh, I wish yeah. none of it right. existed. Agreed. It'd be so much cooler. Mm-hmm. Everything would be so cool. Mm-hmm. I was so much less stressed out, like as a musician, as a professional musician, before any of this shit happened. And I'm not saying I'm an old guy. I want the old stuff. I I love that it helps bands out. I love that it keeps people connected. I'm not like, you know, divoting out bigotry right now. But I don't. It, str- it physically stresses me out because right. we messed up in the beginning, because we fucked it all up for ourselves in the beginning. Now everyone that works for us is screaming at us all the time. You didn't yeah. post enough. What you oh. posted wasn't a great angle. I'm like, and then when you post, what? everyone, everyone just—it's just like so many people arguing for no reason. It's like, yeah, I've said this the other day. I feel like when we grew up in school, we were bullied. 
that you look different, you listen to different music, you like were skinny or you rode a skateboard and you weren't like a football player. You got beat up, you got made fun of, you got called words that we are not even allowed to say anymore. Like all that shit happened. Yeah. And then they took it away and everyone that goes to school is pretty safe as far as bullying goes and now it's just online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now you can type grew, it but you can't say it. We, oh, we, we grew that's up the worst. being bullied in high school and now we're bullied online. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. Our age group has it the worst. It's just like all those kids just go home and just go... It's uh, just it's in, it's mad. Right, like I em- think, emoji bullying. Like uh, that that seems so much worse than just getting it right to your face. To be honest, yeah, I would much rather no. have my lunchbox like knocked out of my hand Absolutely. or something. That probably happened to you. You're the way you're talking oh, about yeah. it. Sounds like yeah, <laughs> it did, did, did. yeah. I remember that? Oh, I it remember happened. All, we're all about the same yeah. age, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. It all happened to us. I remember waiting in line freshman year, first day of school, getting lunch, and I was in line, and, the, and this big, big varsity football player was behind me, and I paid my own money to get the food and he just goes let me get that and I said well, what do you mean he goes that's mine he's like I'm on the football team took it off my plate lunch lady didn't say anything no one said anything walked out and ate it joke's on him he's got that's how that was just like normal life you had to you had live with that fear every he's day every day <laughs> yeah. yeah my life dude no wonder I'm so skinny I never got to eat <laughs> bullied myself <laughs> oh dude <laughs> taking I, your chicken nuggets yeah. Yeah. I was so unathletic as a kid Mm-hmm. I looked six when I, I was in high school. I, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I looked like like a chubby girl. Because <laughs> I always wanted long hair so I could be like Dave Grohl. Yeah. Of course. So I I would go and, and then with the neighborhood kids that I went to my school, I would try to play football. Like to fit in. <laughs> and I would At least just, you tried. I did not I try I would that. get bloodied and get my ass handed to me. <laughs> and they'd be like, go home, redhead. <laughs> Go home. You're going to get hurt out here. And right. they're probably mostly all in jail now. Yeah, but, yeah. probably. I, I, I remember like the same thing with the lunch line. Um, I was I was sitting there and a big, huge... And and by the way, when you're skinny and you're in, you're a freshman in high school, you, you're very, very small. Like I look at freshmen now in, in high school... They look like a six-year-old. Yeah, it's... It, uh, no, now they look like older than me. They have full beards <laughs> right? and like... You watch strong full beards. I Side, can't grow a beard Mutton still. chop sideburns. Yeah. Uh, I can't Join grow the a beard. Same. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? When everyone else is old and they make fun of our baby faces. Yeah. No, it, it's it's paying yeah. off for me now. But it's it's illegal. It's like illegal to be a bully now. My, yeah, my son, I have a six-year-old, right? And I get a phone call the other day. I'm out here and it's his mom and she goes, so Joel pushed someone on the playground today and it was like a huge deal. Like it was a huge deal that he pushed another boy. <laughs> like they were just wrestling, like being kids. But right. it was a massive problem. She was like, what do we do? What do we do? And I'm like, I'm like, I literally got shanked in school. <laughs> Wiener out shanked. Like oh, as no. a kid. Oh, no. no, I swear to no. God. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you need to tell us how you got had... wiener shanked. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I got my head slammed in lockers. Oh, okay. My son was jumped. just play wrestling with another kid and got a letter sent home. It's like, you know, we're really worried about your son's progress mm-hmm. as a as a as a member of this this student body. Oh come and I'm on! Like, but that's where we live. That's that's our lives now, right? And I'm not yes. saying that like I I think tolerance is is a huge deal, and we should be careful with our children. But it's funny because when I was a kid. I got wiener shank. <laughs> Fucking, I got, dude. I definitely like. We got to hear this wiener shank story. Yeah, what, I think. What, 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 what was the, the hell scenario? Is wiener shanked. Uh, you like like shank like not just your pants, like your underwear too. Dick out. Like okay. They pulled both of them. Now. I was I, thinking like shanked oh. with a wiener. Or something. No, no. I, I, 
It's, Are it you okay? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe your mind is the one we should worry about. I had we had taken a field trip um, to. Uh, we're from Florida, and mm-hmm. there's a spring there called Wikiwachi Springs, and the water's like super clear and 100 feet deep, and you can see turtles and stuff swimming around. Blah blah blah. I was always a chubby kid, so I kept my shirt on all day, mm-hmm. like all morning, and then they kept calling me words we can't say anymore because I kept my shirt on. So I took my shirt off. And I got, <laughs> I got this. You got pants. This a diabolical sunburn, though. I mean, it was the color of that fucking recording light. Like this <laughs> diabolical sunburn. And I was putting my shirt back on at the end of the day, and I was in so much pain. And I was trying to be cool and like suck in. And I had like, you know, I was like twelve or whatever. And I was so I was the color of a lobster. Like I went home and puked for two days. I had sun poisoning. But as I was putting my shirt back on, this dude walked up behind me and. Everyone was standing like by the vans, girls, <laughs> teachers, wiener shit. Yeah, dude. And teachers used to laugh. Oh, I, to, I remember that too. The yeah. little fucker that did it didn't even get in trouble. Right. <sighs> if you pulled someone's underwear down in my son's elementary school today, you I would probably go to prison. <laughs> like, <laughs> if my son did that to another kid, I would probably be in prison and have all my wages garnished or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there are so many times that I can remember when a guy would, uh, he'd put his hand down his pants and then rub it across your face. And also, Whoa. this is, I remember many times this happening and going to my teacher and saying, please, like, this This is what he did. <laughs> That's and she goes, fucking crazy. She, she, and she just goes, she goes, you know, there. I wish I could, there's something I could do about it, but it already happened. I didn't see it. And I'm like, you didn't see it. I'm like, my face is like, oh. but think about Anyway, as, a, as an adult, anyway. like having a kid tell you that, like I would have a hard time not laughing at a child telling you. You heard like, would I just right? Like, come on, just, yeah. You just heard me laugh. <laughs> like, I mean, it's that shit is. <sighs> it's it's bonkers, but you know what? It, it does help you become who you are. I feel like I'm a stronger person now because of it. Now, if if you get wiener shanked, I mean, I could walk away from that situation. But I still, I still got, I still got vitriol about it. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, I have kids from high school. That when we play in town, we play like this real big show, you mm-hmm. know, like this real big show. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people show, not mm-hmm. tooting our horn, but I'm, I'm setting it up for you. And he'll text me, can I get tickets? And I literally still ignore him on fucking purpose. It's good. He deserves it. <laughs> right. That's, <laughs> Seriously, that's though, dude, like I'm still in that place where I'm like, I still got bones you know, about it. Yeah. That's, you know, that's there's just nothing wrong with is, that. Though. You, yeah. you you've been through some shit and then that's you know that's that's your life and it helps you it helps you grow as a person yeah you don't wanna f the haters yeah I, I mean to me like like you said I, I'd rather I'd rather have it to my face and someone because I think there's a lot of people hide behind a you know computer screen now mm-hmm. and I think it's just dude you wouldn't say that like you see it in it you know you see it with girls too like people leaving comments like oh I'll like tear that ass so I'll do that I'll do this like when a girl posts a very pretty picture or something like how nasty people can be i'm like yeah but out of all those people i guarantee you 0.001 would say that to your face mm-hmm, you know right. so it's like we all have it bad like anyone that's in sort of any sort of spotlight it's just nasty people being saying the nastiest things because they can get away with it well society has created a i read in the new york times the other day like a like a screen culture mm-hmm. like we've created like a it's, it's it's something that's never existed in history mm-hmm. you know we've had We've had hate crimes in history. We've had um, famine in history. We've had, uh, you know, the market crash in history. You know, we've had all of that stuff happen. We've never had this in history. It's never existed. So no one knows what to do. You know what I mean? Like this, this whole, this screen theory thing that we live, this life that we live, no one's, we've never done it. Yeah, we're writing it right now. And it's, yeah. and it's, and it's, it's insane. You know, 
the Chicago fire has already happened. So if it happened again, someone would know what to do. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it wouldn't be the same way as it was. So we're literally living, you know, we're writing a future and it's strange. Mm-hmm. Like it's really strange. And we could, we could, and all we have is speculation and that's why things are the way they are. That's why online bullying exists. That's why like all the online sexism exists because no one knows what to do. You know what I mean? And all the sites are trying to put up bots and things that can combat online bullying and all this stuff, but we're still writing the programs. We don't know what we don't know exactly. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's trippy. Do you guys ever watch Black Mirror? Oh yeah. Oh, it's like we're living in a Black Mirror episode sometimes. My fiance loves Black Mirror. It's great. great it show. is. With I mean, with the current political state of our nation, with everything that's going on, it's fucking confusing, man. Yeah. Like you, we're literally like, like on a roller coaster, and there's no stop button, and you are trying to find ways to like brush your teeth and take a shower while you're getting thrown around simultaneously. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you can't, like your middle existence that we all live for so long is not, anyway, yeah. It's Man, weird. it's heavy, it's heavy. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for uh, for joining us here on the show. Yeah. This is, this is and getting this way is, off topic. And getting way off right? topic. I knew it was going to spin Wiener into shanks. something good. Wiener Shanks. <laughs> Did not expect from that. Led, from Led Zeppelin to, Led to, Zeppelin Wiener, to shanks. Wiener Shanks to politics. Yeah. We didn't even <laughs> That's get good to, radio. We didn't <laughs> even touch on gluten-free yet. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't eat uh. gluten. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's make a quick mention of the new album, Erase Me. It's uh, by our our good friends over at Under Oath. Uh, this this album is, is fantastic, and congratulations on you. it. Uh, it's the first album you put out in eight years, guys. I mean, mm, this yeah. is this is so huge. Uh, does it feel good to be back in the saddle and back on the road putting out some um, some good old-fashioned Under Oath music? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, I mean, yeah. It's like our life. It's yeah. always been our life. Like, we did take a little break in the middle, and... I think that's, you know, you get a bunch of teenagers in a in a car touring around the world that it ends up going well and things keep progressing. You're going to eventually fall apart at some point. Yes. We didn't get a chance to grow up like everyone else. We had no college experience. We had a lot of uh, real life skills were kind of robbed. You see a lot, but you also get robbed of a lot. Like you see mm-hmm. things you shouldn't see probably, but you also don't experience a lot of things you should. But you also get to experience things that most people won't. But, it, it you know, like I think we just... We, we burnt down the building and there was a foundation left on the ground so we decided to rebuild it smarter it just took some time it's, we, better, it's, it's better on the other side like yeah. you know post 30 under oath is so much better than pre 30 under oath if we would have never broken no. up we would never have, 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 be, have been the men that we are now and we wouldn't probably have made another record or two and I don't, like, there was no way to the band would have been successful either. yeah, yeah. We, i think we, we would have written stuff to, that didn't connect it was not a part of the plan people say all the time bands break up to get bigger and all this stuff say like, for us i mean it was straight up like having your best friends in the whole entire world looking at each other going i don't ever want to speak to you again you know and people are just like it's like when your family goes through something that's the only thing i can compare to people that don't have the experience that we've had it's like i've had falling outs with my brothers I've had falling outs with my mother, you know, like the, all those sorts of things where you don't speak for a while and you're angry and like you're just trying to wait f- to figure it out and the smoke settles and you you get to a point to where you can move past it. And if you do and you do it successfully, like as a relationship, things are always better. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it takes a bad thing to, you know, shock the whole system to make some really good shit out of it. And I think we're all closer than we've ever been. And it took us to like get to that point. where We were able to cut all the all the all the bad out you know it's like having surgery invasive surgery for something you you're a better person when when it's over when you, and you can cut all the all the sick out but like yeah it that hurt obviously it hurts to have surgery you know what i mean so for us Recovery that's time. that's literally what it was we yeah. had to cut all the bad out and 
I think we made the best record we've ever made. And that's not like one of those things where you hear band members, they always say that, like, this is our newest record. It's our coolest shit. So we're only going to play these songs, make everyone mad. Like, I really think that this is our best record. And, and to see people's reaction, you know, this many years later and people excited and making the album chart and mm-hmm. driving to different mm-hmm. stores to get different versions. And, you know, a lot of people saying that's their favorite Under Earth record as well, which is, you know, that's everything to us because yeah, that's 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 all that matters is just, that yeah. the people you know i read a comment today my favorite comment from today and obviously everything's inundated today because mm-hmm. the record launched today is someone said how did you guys know to write this for me like Whoa. you know like the connection with the lyrics like how did you how did spencer and you it was on my page how did you and spencer know to write this stuff down for me it's exactly what i needed you know what i mean that to me is like that's the ultimate that's the ultimate win you mm-hmm. know yeah. All right. Like when you guys see that, does that just make it all worth it for you? Everything that you've gone through, for sure. I think so. Yeah. That's because sure. that's the whole goal. Like we were like we were speaking about earlier. It's like right. bottling up that feeling that made you feel okay when you're a kid to to let your friend drink it because he's not getting it. And when you have other people, you know, that's what brought a lot of people together. Like why band started is because you were all vibing on the same stuff. It all made you feel the same way. So when you see that returned. Like kids being like, you know, this song, the lyrics, the this album or whatever, like that made me feel like, oh man, it's about me, it's about my life. Like I felt that way a hundred times growing up. And without those records, I don't know if I would have made it. You know what I mean? For I feel sure. like kids, when they get that feeling, that's the whole point. That's why I ever started writing lyrics. That's mm-hmm. why I ever started singing is because I wanted, I would get me so frustrated when my friend wouldn't get the same feeling I got from a song. I remember, like, like, I keep referring to Nirvana because that's the biggest memory I have. Is like, I was like playing this record, and and my best friend was like, "Yeah, I mean, it's whatever," and kept playing a video game. And then I was like, well, "What about this song? What about this one?" And he was just like, right. "It's not really, I don't really." I was like, "You're not hearing it." Like, I wish, like, and I just want. I was like, "Man, I just wish, like, what's happening inside my body? This guy could feel because I, I I cared about him so much because he was my best friend as a little kid. You know, we like mm-hmm. did everything together, but he just wouldn't get the music that I got, and it was so frustrating." So writing it and having people say that is like everything. That's that's so true. The the album is fantastic, guys. I Thank I, you. I, I I love it. Came out today, April sixth. The album is called Erase Me. Uh, from the from the get go, I mean, it has to start somewhere. Uh, great, great opening track. Uh, I love where the album is going. Where's uh, Where's the first uh, spot on the tour? Lost. Yeah, Las Vegas, right? Yeah, this this, this tour, the first tour off of this record is like a kind of a, we had a bunch of festivals that we wanted to play, Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of just strung them together with, uh, strung the festivals together to avoid flying every day, so we could kind of get the kinks out for this new stuff, you know, so this is what they call in the industry, it's called a B-market tour, Mm -hmm. which is B-market means like, you're not playing Chicago, New York, LA, Dallas, you're playing like Corpus Christi, Texas, or... Or Memphis, Tennessee, or you know, places like that. So it's kind of a, a cool way to gear up for you know everything we're going to do in the next two years. This so. is going to be huge. I, I'm really, really excited for what you have in store. Um, I, I can't wait to see you hopefully back at Riot Fest in Chicago. Maybe who knows? We hope so. We, okay. we played it um, two years ago. It, it was so fucking awesome. Yeah, it was like do we played, and then I remember like. One of my another one of my favorite bands is the Deftones that I grew up listening to. Every single record, you know, like I was there for every release, like just like, and we've gotten to play with them a bunch. We've never yeah. gotten to tour with them, but I literally look up to their everything they do is just normally is like perfect to me. I'm like, damn it, damn it, I wish I, I wish I wrote that. You know what I mean? Like one of those <laughs> bands. And I remember us playing and like 
there's the two main stages are like side by side. Mm-hmm. And I walked down the little steps they have and then Deftones started playing. I was like, yes. I, I, I loved Riot Fest, so oh, I, 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 I hope so. That would yeah, be tight. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll always see. come back. We'll see. But we'll mm-hmm. be in Chicago for sure. We'll be, we'll be everywhere. Right on, right on. Guys, this was fantastic. Thank yeah, you so thank much you for guys. joining us here on Sound Sessions. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. Thank you. Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Sound Sesh Pod, and check us out on Instagram at Sound Sessions WGN.